Well, hello to you all, and it's great to see you all here today, and thank you for coming. This is a, a, a special night, obviously, for Sam. Sam is to be baptised tonight, uh, and Sam has had a, a lot of involvement in uh, the service today. Um, he's talked to, he's selected hymns, and even the voluntary that Mike played uh, is something that Sam selected. It's from an oratorio, but it's also in our hymn book, and it's entitled God So Loved the World. And they're words taken from John's Gospel. I just want to read them to you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And I thought that was a, that was a lovely start, Sam. Thank you for those words. And uh, it, it's good to be able to remember the Gospel like that. Okay, we're going to start our service then by singing together Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me. Let's stand and sing this together. Holy Father, Holy Father, we are here tonight precisely because of you. I call you Holy Father, and that's what you are You are a father to us. And when we believe in you and we are baptised, we come into your family and we become your children. Father, thank you. It amazes me, and I'm sure it amazes many of us, perhaps all of us, that you, the great creator of everything, should want to be near us, should want us to be near you, should want to come and live with us. But I know that's true. That's what you say in your word, the Bible. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for this night. And thank you for each other. Thank you for those who have travelled to be here today. Thank you most of all for Sam. Sam has travelled in in lots of ways. He he doesn't live very far, but he's, he's made a spiritual journey and he's arrived here now. Father, we pray firstly that you will bless us tonight. Bless me and certainly bless Sam and bless Andrew and and Mark and the other musicians and all of us who are involved here. And let tonight go well. And let tonight be memorable so that Sam can take it away with him and remember that this was the night he formally committed himself to you. Father, thank you. Please bless us now, bless me in leading the service and and all of us, Lord, and keep us close to you. Lord, thank you. Amen. Please be seated. This is a a, a lovely occasion for us, for us at the church in particular, Uh, We like baptisms because people are joining us through baptisms. We like baptisms because baptisms are very special. Um, They are a time when someone, as in this case Sam, commits themselves to God. And that in itself is is good. Um, We've known Sam for several years. I mean, he's been coming to the church for for a while and he also used to come to the Bible reading group quite a lot. And I know that he's, because his family live up in in the Lake District, he's been going to South Lakes on occasions too. So 
in all of those ways we've known Sam and he's been coming to us for, as I say, several years. And this evening he's going to be baptised. Baptism is a response to God. It's a response to the command of Jesus. Jesus commands us to be baptised in his name. It's a symbolic act. Um, There's you're going to see it soon. There's a bath of water back here. There's nothing magical about it. There's nothing miraculous about it. It is a symbolic act. But it's not just about a vague thinking. And and very often we have our vague thinking about being committed to, to God and to Jesus. But here Sam has made a decisive decision. And uh, wants to... Uh, show that he has made that decision in this action of being baptised. It's a witness to you and to others, and it's a witness to Sam himself to remind him that on this day, the 19th of September, he entered into a new relationship. Um, I want to just say something about baptism before we go any further, because I know that there are people here who don't really understand what baptism is or or how it functions. We have back here a bath. It's a very conventional bath. It's an old bath, and it's a big bath, and it's full of water. And what's going to happen is Sam is going to go into the bath, and he's going to be immersed in the water, very much in the same sort of way as you would bury someone who is dead in earth. <clears throat> and, and that's significant and that's um, important. <clears throat> Let me just read to you something that Paul says in his letter to the Romans. I'm not going to read very much, but it just says this. Uh, Don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? So it's being united with Jesus in a dying. Now Jesus died literally, and Sam's not going to die literally uh, in that sense, (coughs) but symbolically he's going to die. What happens is his old man is going to die and be buried. Paul goes on, We were therefore buried with Jesus through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now, obviously Sam is going to come up out of the water afterwards and it's a symbol of of a kind of resurrection. Well, not a resurrection, a new birth. That's really what it's a symbol of. He, he goes in symbol into the water and symbolically dies. His old man dies. And he's reborn again anew, but in a new family. In the family of God. One of God's children. One of God's sons. Um, Paul goes on a bit later on in that same chapter. He says... Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he, can, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. He is immortal. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Then he says, 
In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And that's really what it's about. It's about counting yourself as being dead to sin and counting yourself to be alive to God and in his family. So that's basically what baptism is about and that's what we're going to do tonight. Sam's going to get ready soon, but not just yet. We're going to sing another hymn uh, or another song before he does that. It's, it's a short hymn. We're going to sing it through twice, please, uh, Mark. Abba, Father. Now, there we are again. It's Father because God is a father to us if we want to join his family. Abba, Father, let me be yours and yours alone. May my will forever be evermore your own. Never let my heart grow cold. Never let me go. Abba, Father, let me be yours and yours alone. Let's stand and sing this together. Okay, Sam is now going to go in the back and and get ready so that he can be baptised. But just before he does that, he wants to say something to all of you. So, Sam, would you like to come up and, and say? I am now about to take a huge step, but I know it is just the beginning. I'd like to thank you all for making it possible for me to be able to make this step and showing me the way to get closer to God. Okay, Sam is going to take a little while probably to get ready. So we're going to sing while we're waiting for Sam. This again is one that uh, Sam likes and Sam uh, selected. The Lord's my shepherd. I'm sure that most of you will have heard this. It's, It's from Psalm 23. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. Let's stand and sing hymn 12 together. Sam comes out, that's lovely. Now... Some of you may not be able to see at the back there, and if you feel you want to come forward, please come forward. In fact, there's a lot of space here, and I'd quite like it to be filled up. So come forward and see, please. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to ask you something, Sam, now that uh, we've talked about, but uh, so that you can share this happy occasion with everybody. And it's a real witness, this. So, Sam, do you believe in the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ? Yes, I do. On this confession of your faith, I baptise you into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of sins. May God's blessing be with you in your new life. sorted and uh, get dressed again we're going to sing again we're going to sing bind us together now uh, uh, um, again I say Sam with help and with advice and so on uh, selected these hymns and this is very much about binding together a church a body of people Um, so that's why this one is in here Um, we're going to, to sing this through then bind us together Lord bind us together with cords that cannot be broken let's stand and sing this together
these spaces, uh, when people are getting ready, are always difficult to fill, you know, at least they are in certain circumstances. But I feel it's a good opportunity for me to say some things to the church in particular, but not just to the church, to, to all of you. I know that, that some of you are Christians who are not members of the church, but you too can encourage Sam. And that's really what I want to say. Um, we're members of one body. We're bound together. And that's important. Sam is a newborn brother. He's, he's a baby. I want to talk about that a bit later, but he, he's a baby. He's very young. And babies do a lot of development, as we will know in this particular church, because we've we are right in the middle of, or to the end of, I never quite know, a baby boom, and maybe there are lots more coming, I don't know. But <clears throat> we know what it's about, and we've seen it many times. The baby develops in the womb. And when the baby is born, the baby's all there, all the bits and pieces are there, and, and it's, it's all right, and so on. And the development in the womb is staggering. And really, Sam has been developing like that if you like, in a womb. But a baby, when it's born, is certainly not fully developed, is it? And it's going to take an awful long time. Well, as you all of you know, I'm sure you do, that it takes a lifetime, actually, to, to do that. Um, <clears throat> I know that there are some things that we develop pretty quickly, some physical activities and so on. Um, but there's a whole lot of other development which, which we need to go through in the course of our lives. Of course, as we say, after birth, there is all this development and, and it needs other people to be there to supply some of that development or at least some of the things that will in, enable that development to happen. A baby is vulnerable, very vulnerable, although actually they're quite strong. But without their parents, without, without people to, to care for them, they are vulnerable. They need to be nurtured in order to promote growth. And, and that always happens and must happen after birth. And this birth is no different. We want growth to happen. It's, as I say, a different kind of growth. It's a spiritual growth, but we want growth to happen. And so Sam is going to need to be nurtured. And there are lots of things that we need to do um, we need to just encourage him. We need to be there for him and, uh, and care for him. We need to feed him. A baby, when it's first born, almost the first thing it wants is feeding. And if it doesn't get fed, it starts to make a lot of noise. I'm sure that all of us are very aware of that. <clears throat> um, and feeding is vitally important, of course. And that's going to be the case with Sam. Now, in terms of a... Of a, a a human baby, well, an animal baby as well. The parents do most of that. But we as brothers and sisters of Sam also have that responsibility to nurture Sam, to care for him and to, to provide what is right. Welcome, Brother Sam. It, it's good to, to see you here. I've just been talking to your brothers and sisters here uh, and saying that we need to nurture you and, and feed you. I would say there are certain things I would like to encourage you to do very positively. I want you to encourage Sam to do some things. One, to seek God. 
Now, I know that might sound strange, having just been baptised, you think, well, of course he's going to seek God. It doesn't work quite like that, does it? And those of you who have been baptised, you will know that it doesn't work quite like that. And perhaps we should encourage all of us to seek God. Very deliberately, very positively, to seek God. Not just to think it will happen, um, not just to go through life sort of thinking, oh well, something will happen sometime, or I'm there now, it's all okay. Because that's not the case. And one of the things involved in seeking God is prayer. I want you to encourage Sam to pray. And Sam, I want you to encourage us to pray. That's ever so important. You now have a responsibility. You're now in a relationship with us so that we do things for you and you must do some things for us. Let's encourage each other to pray. I, I do feel that is so important. Um, I know that I need that encouragement lots of the time. I don't mean just saying prayers. I mean really talking to God, communicating with him. Let's encourage Sam to read the Bible. That's God's way of talking to us. So we need to encourage Sam and you, Sam, need to encourage us. And, and I encourage you too to ask questions. So ask us, all of us, all the questions, the awkward questions, Sam, because the awkward questions are going to get us thinking and scratching our heads and thinking, now where is that in the scriptures I've got to find and I've got to be able to talk to him. That's important. And we must encourage him and each other to live with the Lord. Not just to, to live in the church, not just to live a good life, but to actually live with the Lord. And to even understand what that means is not easy. We need to talk to each other, we need to talk with Sam, and to encourage him to do that, and show him ways of doing that if we can. He's our responsibility, I think. And we are his. So, let's do that. Let's encourage him. We're going to sing again. It's very applicable to what we've just seen and witnessed. And We talked earlier about coming out of the waters of baptism to live a new life. And so the song says, I am a new creation, no more in condemnation. Here in the grace of God I stand. Our new brother. We've talked about our responsibilities to him and our responsibilities to each other. Dear Father, help us to, to do those things, not just to talk about them, but to do them and to encourage him and to encourage each other in your service. And help Sam to encourage us too. Lord, thank you. Amen. We're going to take a short reading. It's from Romans chapter 8, if you want to follow it. And we're going to start at verse 28 and we're going to read through to the end of the chapter. And Sylvia is going to come forward and lead us in that reading. Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, 
that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long, and are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you, Sylvia. There are some lovely words there. And Sam and I looked at uh, lots of passages with a view to having a reading, and, and Sam liked that. He responded to that very positively. And, and I think that's a, that's a lovely passage. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. In a way, perhaps there's one thing. You. If you turn away and walk away from him, well, he's not going to compel you to come back. But there's nothing else. There's nothing else that can separate us. God loves you, Sam. And he loves all of us. And, and it will always be like that. That's very powerful and a very lovely idea. So, I, I, we've been talking about babies and, and birth and stuff like that, and perhaps you've heard some of it, you might not have heard about all of it, but um, I, I just want to talk to you a little bit, I'm not going to go on too long, um, about my grandson, Amos. You know Amos, don't you? Um, my little grandson. Um, Amos is, is a delightful little, little guy. Um, he, he's about 16 months old, and he runs about all over the place, but he's not very steady on his legs, really. And he runs about, but ever so often he falls down, you know, and all sorts of things happen. And he thinks he can do things which he can't. Um, he, he's learning, and his balance isn't that good. You know, it's not up to the mark yet. So he, he tries to stand on things, and he, he tips one way and then the other, and then he falls down. And he's had some nasty falls and hurt himself very much. But the one thing about it is that his mum and dad are always there. Now, his mum and dad can't stop him always being hurt, and he is hurt sometimes, but your dad, your father, is always with you. Now, that doesn't mean that you're never going to be hurt. It doesn't work like that. Maybe God sees things happening and he allows them to happen. Maybe he changes them, uh, whatever he sees fit. 
But what you must know all the time, as Amos, I hope, is going to learn, is that his mum and dad love him. Your dad, your father loves you. Always keep that in mind, Sam. Whatever happens, your heavenly father loves you. That's important. And of course, Amos's mum and dad worry about him. They worry because they love him. I don't think God worries about you, but he's concerned. He's concerned that you keep to the path as closely as possible and stay with him and live with him. Now, the other thing that that Amos does, which um, is true of all babies, he produces some revolting nappies. Really revolting things. Now, at times you're going to, you know, do some revolting sins. As we all do. As we all do. All of us. But the thing, the thing about Amos, which, which I love, is that his mum and dad clean him up with, not exactly joy, but they, no, but it is, it is, it's akin to joy. It's, it's with love and with good feeling and, and so on. And, and they clean him because they want him to be clean and comfortable and so on. And your father and my father clean me up every so often and will clean you up. Because he loves you. What I'm saying, Sam, is you will sin. So will I. You're not from this point on going to be perfect. Not everything is going to go right. You're going to hurt yourself sometimes. Hurt yourself spiritually, maybe. Um, You're going to sin at times. But know that God loves you. You know, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Your sin can't separate you from God. If you go to God and ask for his forgiveness, God loves you. God wants you close. Don't ever forget that. That's important. The other thing about my grandson is, my grandson is my grandson. You're not. You're the father's son. As indeed we all are, those of us in Christ. We are sons of God. We are children of God. We are in his family. And that is lovely. Let me just read a few more verses from this passage from verse 31. It says, What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? That that is quite remarkable. What Paul is saying, Sam, is that you are incredibly valuable to God, as indeed each of us is. You are so valuable that God was prepared to let his son die in order to win you over to him. That's how valuable you are. And I I think we forget that. I think I forget that. I think all of us do. That God loves us so much that he gave Jesus to die in order to bring us close to himself. And I think that's very important. 
There's, there's another passage, let me read it to you. It's in uh, the first of John's letters. and it, It's just a couple of lines, but it just, I just think it's really nice. It says this. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That, that's remarkable too. He's talking about God lavishing his love on us. That's what parents do. Some parents go too far almost and spoil their children. Your, your father isn't going to spoil you, but he loves you nevertheless. He's gonna, he has and will lavish his love on you because he wants you close to him. And he's called you to be his child. <clears throat> in Luke's Gospel it says that um, there is joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. That's remarkable, isn't it? That there's only a few of us here and our, our singing is good. I've, I've been listening to it and it's nice. But it could be more powerful if there were more people. But I know that in God's presence now... There is joy because of you. I don't mean by that that it was just the baptism that caused that and that he wasn't rejoicing in you before you got to this point. He was, he was. But he's pleased that you've got here and you've made the decision and you've done the act and committed yourself to him. I want to to read to you uh, just a little passage in Ephesians because I just think it, it's, it's lovely. <clears throat> um, it's a prayer and Paul uh, says the prayer it's for the Ephesians and no doubt for all the other Christians he, that he's preached to. But it's a lovely prayer and I, I think it's relevant to you and to all of us. Let me read it to you. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Now, let's just stop there. <clears throat> I've got a surname. So have you, Parker. And that, that's your family name in terms of human terms. And we've all got families and we, we have names that relate us to our families. But what God has done has brought you into his family and given you his family name. It's, it's like, um, well, it's perhaps not quite like, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's like when you go into a, into a, a shop and you want to buy something and you can't take it away and, and so on. So they say, okay, we'll put a sticker on this and they'll put a sticker sold and a name under it, you know. And, it, and it's a bit like that. God has put his name on you. You're his. And he is your father, and he wants you close. Let me read that again and then read on. For this reason, I kneel before the father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you, Sam, with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, 
may have power together with all the saints, power to grasp how wide and long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, there's a lot there and there's a lot we don't understand and Paul is saying that we don't understand it. We can't know it. He's talking about a love that surpasses knowledge. Children have parents and their parents will do all sorts of things for their children and sometimes die for their children. And that love is difficult to fathom sometimes. It's enormous. But this love is bigger than that. This love that God has for you is beyond knowing. I mean, Paul talks about giving us the power to know how wide it is and how long it is and high and deep it is. But he actually says, yes, but it's actually beyond our knowledge. God's love for you surpasses knowledge. That's all I want to say, really, uh, um, for now. No doubt I will talk to you again at some point and all of these other people will talk to you and endeavour to encourage you and encourage us as well, Sam. We need your love as much as you need ours. We're going to close now. We're going to sing together. I like this and I know that a lot of other people uh, like this. I like it for several reasons. I, I like the words, I like the tune too, but I like the words, I like the chorus Knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there's no greater thing. You're my all. You're the best. You're my joy, my righteousness, and I love you, Lord. I I wish I could say that that was wholly true for me, Sam. I can't say that that's wholly true. It's almost a prayer. It's me saying, I want you to be my best. I want you to be my joy. I want you to be my righteousness. I want to love you, Lord. We're going to stand and we're going to sing this together and then we're going to close in prayer and Pete Green is going to come forward and lead us in that. All I once held dear, built my life upon, all this world reveres and wars to own. All I once thought gain, I have counted loss Spent and worthless now compared to this, knowing you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that you are a God of such amazing diversity. You've made us all different, Lord, and you deal with us differently because we're all individuals. And for some of us, We got to know you very quickly. For others, it's taken us a long time. Sometimes your seed brings forth fruit rapidly and other times much more slowly because, Lord, you've made us all different. taken a while with Sam Lord for you to work on him and for him to realise that his life lies with you and we thank you
that there is one more who is part of your family. And Lord, I know too that there are others who are struggling with making that commitment. And I pray that you will work with them and help them that they may know you too. But for all of us, Lord, that process is never finished. Every time we think we've got some glimpse of what you're like, something happens to blow some of our notions away and expand our view of how great and how wonderful you are. Lord, I pray you will go on working with all of us to help us know you and to fill us with you so that you are everything to us, Lord. Because you are our righteousness and from that springs everything else. Bless Sam, Lord, as he walks with you and help us to help him. It isn't always easy, but we know that a time's coming when we will see Jesus again face to face and when all of the difficulties that we have now with serving you will be brushed away because we will be like him. And we pray, Lord, that you will bring that time soon because we need it. The world's in a mess. Us as individuals are not what we should be. And the only thing that can put all that right is for the Lord Jesus to be here again and for your kingdom to be established. Father, we offer you this prayer. And we do it secure in the knowledge that we are part of your family and that you're listening. Amen.